<laughs> I have never done a drug and I'm a very novice drinker. I mean, feel free okay. to. Grab me a beer and grab me a coke. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up because he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon says, here, bitch, your ex drink your buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble and reminisce about crazy stories. I am sober today, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from Atlanta, Georgia, Damon Sumner. Ah. What's up? Man, that intro what is was going on? good, brother. Thanks, man. What's going on? Tell everybody up front. Let's get it out there. You're coming on. This is dropping March 25th in the morning. Your album just came out. Just came out. Absolutely. Debut album with Helium Records is called I Know Who I Am. I'm very excited, man. This is this is a, a long time coming. I know who I am. March 25th. And I'm excited to be on the show, man. Appreciate you. Beautiful. Having me. Perfect. Yeah, I'll have everything linked in the show notes. Everybody listening, go check out the album. So I wanted to get into a few things. So you're from the South like I am. You're you're in Atlanta now, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally from Shreveport, Louisiana. OK, let's talk about it. Where? A couple of things I wanted to get into because Shreveport, Louisiana is not a comedy hub, as no. it were. So no. how did you get into doing stand up in, in that area? Sure. So I didn't I didn't start till I got in Atlanta. OK. All right. Yeah, I started I started in Atlanta with my wife and I. We moved to Atlanta and long story short, uh, I'm chucking up, laughing with some friends. And one friend is like, yo, you ever thought about doing stand up? And I was like, not at that all. It happens. Not never thought of, like, you know, a lot of people talk about how they grew up. My mom was listening to prior records or my dad had Eddie Murphy uh, tapes on. I didn't have any yeah. of that. Right. So you, you had no background in stand up. None. Nothing. I I probably because I couldn't I come from a very um, 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 uh, sheltered kind of background. So I didn't really see a lot. Uh, mom wasn't having any of that profanity in the house. No kings of comedy. None of that. You understand? <laughs> um, so it wasn't really till I got to college, had a little bit of cable for free in the dorm. Was I really even exposed to stand up? I just always love true story, Brandon. I always just love, man, uh, not to get all soppy at the beginning, but like making people laugh is something I knew from elementary school. I enjoy when I can make my friends laugh at the desk. I can make my teacher laugh in the hallway when I can make the cafeteria. Do you know what I'm saying? Just go crazy. That made me feel good. And it made yeah. them feel good. I was like, I don't know anything else, but I know I like this. Yeah. And that's I mean, I, I talk about it all the time. That's the same kind of feeling that a lot of us get. That's what separates people who do an open mic and bomb and never come back and people who keep coming back because you're like, yeah. no, I know there's something there and I know how yeah. this makes me feel. I want to keep doing this, which is awesome because I had that conversation with a lot of and I'm sure you do, too, where people will come up to you and they'll be like, oh, I'm the funniest guy in my group. I should do stand up. And you're like, all right, all right come to an open mic. Hey. Like, What's up? <laughs> We're here every week, six times a day. Like, come on out. And Please. then they try it. Yeah, they try it. They bomb. And then they're like, oh, never mind. Or like, it's the audience's fault. That's always kills me when it's a brand new person. And then they blame the audience. It's like, no, it's because you have inside jokes with all of your friends. Yep. And these are not all of your friends. Yep. Yeah. No, these are strangers 
who either paid for parking, paid a babysitter, worked hard, came in, wanted a drink. You just came behind a seasoned comic who was working new material, whatever the case may be. And, and now you're talking about polite. Carol at the yeah. office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody knows they Carol. May a polite, they may give you a polite little chuckle to kind of get you going. But if you're doing three, four, five minutes, oh, no, Ooh. fam. It's forever, too. That that lasts forever. Let's since we're talking about starting comedy, though, um, what what was the first? So your friends say, yeah, you should try it. You had no real idea about it, no bearing on it. What what happened? So you're in it. You're in Atlanta. You're an adult. You move there with your wife. Yep. And then what are you thinking? Like, how old are you when you first go to your first show? Man, my, so 24, I'm 24. Okay. 20 is it happens in 2010. This is this is what's this is probably the craziest year, busiest year of my life. In 2010, I start stand up. I become a teacher, which was really the foundation and stability for me to pursue stand up. Yeah. And then I have my first kid all in oh, 2010. Wow. And so they say, yo, you should try stand up. Uh, one of my great friends, one of my best friends, we do comedy still today, uh, David Purdue. Um, he's like, yeah, let's, I'm down. Let's do it. He's very funny, great comic. And so we sign up for October 27th. Uh, it'll be shucks, 12 years this October. Uh, we do it at the Laughing Skull. I uh, knew you were uh, going to say the Laughing Skull. I was like, on, please man. say the Laughing Skull. That's it. We do it at the Skull, baby. That's my home club. Love that club. And it goes One well. One of the best clubs. Family come out. But after that, you know how it goes. After that, I bombed for the next three straight months. <laughs> uh, but I, was like, I was like, that's all I want, bro. That's all I want in my life. Yeah. So and that's all. Also, an awesome thing is the stability of. So I've had a couple people on here who are stand ups and that's the whole thing was they had a, a teaching job or like mm -hmm. a nine to five. But sure. it, like my cousin who introduced me to stand up was doing it a lot in Oklahoma City. He was on the, a bonus episode because he was teaching. So you, mm -hmm. you literally get out at like three in the afternoon yeah. and then you're, you're free as long as you don't mind getting a little bit of sleep on some nights out of the right, week. Right. Like you're good. So that. You said you bomb for the next three months. Are you are you diving head first? Are you going to open mics every day? Are you trying to figure out the scene or are you doing because what I did, I started in 2009 and I would do like an open mic here or there mm -hmm. like once or twice a month and then like a little more and then sure. a little less. And then obviously because of my drugs and alcohol, which is well documented on the show, I would take like months off at a time and weeks yeah. off at a time. So for you. Were you like, OK, I've got a perfect schedule or with the new baby and everything going on? Were you like, OK, I can only do this every once in a while? Mm, great question. So, man, where I am where I am now because uh, I have an amazing wife who's all all support. We push each other to chase dreams and be ambitious. So she was like, go get it. This is what you want. Okay. Like you she go. knew I was like I, I graduated a degree in um, sports journalism. Thought I wanted to oh, be on the other end was to Scott and Scott Van Pelt. And uh, the recession hit, that doesn't pan out, yada, yada. But when she saw the joy, right, that stand-up was bringing to me, we sat down and had a big conversation early in the game. It was like, yo, I think this is what I want to do. She was like, go get it, yo. And so her support um, was just motivation, was just encouragement. So, yeah, I was out there, man, three, three, four, five times a night, you know, multiple sets a night, uh, getting it in. So I hit the ground running and okay. haven't looked back. That's awesome. So then – and that's the other thing, too, is you talk to people and I'll tell people, yeah, I started comedy in 2009 and they always give you this look like you should be a lot further along in your <laughs> career then. But that's the thing is like I did the opposite of that. I would do it like every once in a while, like I said, sure. but the experience you can gain by doing it every single day and like just just the growth that you have as a comic, it 
it's astronomical from doing it two or three times a day at, you know, four or five days a week versus doing it once every couple of months, you can get years worth of growth within months. And then all of a sudden you look back on some of your material from just three months before. And you're like, Oh, this is, this is not good. Like I'm, I'm glad I'm better than this. So when was the first time that you, you really realized like, okay, I, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. I think the first time really was out of the off the continent. Um, OK, I, yeah. So, yeah. Tell that story, because that's insane. <laughs> so we're teaching. We got a baby, yada, yada. And um, we wanted some adventure. Man. We want to mix some things up. So I had heard about teaching overseas, teaching abroad. Look it up. <laughs> Literally had never been out the country. Not my wife or myself had never I didn't have passports, didn't have family who traveled. Have you been out of the South at this point? Because you were in Louisiana, then Atlanta. Have you been North? Okay. Nope. I graduated from college in Texas, moved to Atlanta. So it was all just lower Mason-Dixon line. Okay. Um, So, yeah, we get passports. We go to Shanghai, China. I was going to say, then you go to China. Yeah. All the way. We go all the way. We're like, we're going to jump. As far as you can go. Yeah. As far as you can go. Um, and so, yeah, man, I get over there. I've been doing kind of about two, two and a half years at this time. And I'm like, I want shows. Like, I know people are bilingual over there. I know people um, are expats and study abroad. So I know and Shanghai is one of the most diverse cities in the on the globe. So I was like, yo, like, I'm going to keep doing stand up. And so I, I, I get started with a great group, Kung Fu Comedy. Um, you know, we do some crazy great things, which I'm very proud of. But the stand up over there, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to sit up in my chair. Like, <laughs> that was a pivotal moment for me as a stand up because I look in the room, there's 12 Chinese natives, there's six cats who are studying abroad from Australia, there's three Americans, there's two cats from Spain. So the cultural American pop references at USAE, none of it's going to uh, work. Not. Right. So as a craftsman, as a writer, as a performer, it really leveled me up for a year and a half to push myself. All right. What's the thread that's bringing all people together? What's that universality that's going to be able to make anybody on the planet laugh? And I look back on that, man, and it really changed kind of just my approach to comedy. And I've done a few of the podcasts and I'm going to say it on this one because I know you got people who love comedy on this one here. One of my biggest. Well, my goat is Chris Rock. Who's your who's your goat? Who's your favorite comic all time? Lenny Bruce. Respect. Love Lenny. Um, so Rock said something a few years ago. He says, I wanted to be able when I was starting to take my act, kill at the Apollo and then go over and kill at Carnegie Hall. Yep. And it was a universality, right, where I want to get anybody. Right. And so just that time over there with that mindset, I'm forever grateful for it. And that was where I got a chance to really headline my first show. I was in Beijing. It was in the snow. I remember it like it was yesterday. And, and insane, bro, it it is it is a memory that I'm grateful that I did. Because it really, I think, took my trajectory and my fire for it to another level. Well, because we talk about like when I talk about like headlining my first show, it's always like these hole in the wall bars in like Florida where I'm from. And it's like, oh, but they're going to let me do 45 and I'm going to get paid for it. So that's my first headlining. And like you get so excited and you're like, nah, man, I was in Beijing. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. Was that like, I mean, and. And to what you're saying, I love that that you brought this up. So the whole commonality of what's funny in America, because we've seen it and I know you've seen it as much as I have, where you get comics, especially I'm sure this happens at the school in Atlanta. It happens all the time in Jacksonville, where comics will just reference local points, 
like not even American points, but just mm-hmm. local points. And they yeah. crush, they murder. Yeah. But it's like you can't do that anywhere else on the planet. Like, that's it. And that's yeah. your whole like, that's a lot of your set. Yeah. So not only like moving to New York, I had to realize like, oh, I can't do like a bunch of Southern stuff like I can because everyone makes fun of Florida, but it's not I have to adapt and survive. But to take that on a global scale to be like, oh, I can't even do Americanized stuff. How difficult. I mean, I know you said that it it, it was a challenge and you're grateful for it. But honestly, how difficult is that to like figure it out? Yeah, it was. Well, one, it was challenging because I wasn't that good, right? So this is me <laughs> from the beginning. So that's all already off top. I only got like one tool on my tool belt. So I'm already limited, right? But I realized that I was I realized it pretty early. I do, I probably do like three months over there of shows, worth of shows. And I'm like, all right, this isn't clicking. This isn't something's I'm missing. And I kind of took, I forget if it was like a week or two off, and I just kind of went to shows and just watch as a consumer as a viewer Oh, okay yeah 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 and so then I kind of stepped back and I was like all right I I feel like and you know I just kind of highlighted the point I was kind of missing because I'm looking around and I just I loved it personally I was like man this room this room is so diverse and it's so dope that laughed funny is funny you know what I mean like yep. and that's the beautiful thing like funny is funny that I think when you can watch a person laugh and if you can see them clap their hands or like tap their toes it doesn't matter the language, the dialect, like, you're like, oh, they, they, they like something, they're jigging to a good beat or whatever. Yeah. And so when I kind of realized that the process I understood, but like the mechanics and the execution, that was the hard part. And I feel like the first year was hard, but those last six months, ooh, I was in a free, I was in a sweet spot. I was in a sweet spot those last six months because then I could cheat a little bit and do what we said you can't travel with. I hit a little Shanghainese. You know, yeah. I'll make it pure. but now I can play both sides. And that yeah. was where I felt like I was in my sweet spot. That's awesome. So what you you started in 2010 and then when do you go over to China? Well, that's 2012. I go. Okay. Yeah, summer of 2012. So then you're there a year and a half and then you come back to Atlanta. No, we, we go. I, I go do a year in Texas. We go back and live with my okay. in-laws, get on our feet um, and we have our second baby. So I'm doing comedy in Dallas, Fort Worth area for a year. Okay. Um, another, another cool scene. Yeah, I, I know that scene. That's I'm, I know some comics editor. That's an awesome yeah. scene. So what what is the motivation now? Because we talked about it earlier. You know, obviously the making people laugh is the biggest motivation. But with bouncing around, it's hard to establish yourself. So what what's going on in your head at this time? Because this is fascinating to me because I worked so hard in the Florida scene and then I came to New York and had to start over. And I couldn't imagine yeah. like every 18 months going to a new seat like that would be insane to me yeah yeah you're talking about to be clear you're talking about at and when i'm coming back to america yeah so so you start in atlanta you start to like build a little reputation there but then yeah. you leave yeah and then you're in china and you're building a reputation there but then you leave there and now you're in dallas and it's like yeah. do you have to start all over again and start building a reputation because you eventually end up back in atlanta so yeah. my biggest question is like, what is that like having to just start over every 18 months? Yeah, those those first four, four or five years, they were challenging. To be honest with you, you're, you're really kind of making me process it for the first time to see those bouncing around. That's because <laughs> like a man, a man who I started with, David Perdue, when, you know, we were talking and it was, you know, you, and, you know, and this is for not just comedy, this is any human being that my grandma used to tell me, if you, baby, if you're going to look left and right, meaning if you're going to try to compare yourself and look at your peers, right, to what they're accomplishing, what they're attaining, 
it should lead to motivation and inspiration and not bitterness and envy. And so, so I call my homie, my man, David, and he's the king of the city. He's, he's a gay <laughs> in Atlanta. And I'm like, yeah, man, things are well, you know, which is crazy because when you look back and reflect, you're doing dope things. You're in Beijing headline. So like, it's just a weird way our minds work. But just that mindset to go back when I Shanghai, start from nowhere. Then when I go to Texas and I definitely feel like I kind of got my chops a little bit, even as a younger comic and I'm back waiting 47th on the bucket list yeah uh-huh. i know exactly this, what you're saying yeah, you know there there is this level of humility that's important to keep you got to keep a, i want to be a killer on stage but part of the business and part of the socialization there's this level of humility you know what i'm saying that matters and so for myself i knew at that when i came back to tech when i came back to the states i was like this is what i want to do long term and i'm going to do whatever it takes so i was like hey babe we got one year in Texas to get on our feet and we want to go plant roots in Atlanta. Now, thankfully, she was 100% on board. Uh, awesome. And I didn't say it the way I said it on this podcast. It was more like, hey, babe, you hungry? Let me rub your tummy. Uh, <laughs> about, um, but um, and so that was the mindset. I was like, let me just get better in Texas. But we knew that in a year we picked up in 2015, we were going to lay roots down in Atlanta. And I came back. I came back with the mindset to try to burn down every stage. Because yeah. I knew that probably, not all, I probably had still a good number of friends who were there when I started, but there were a lot of new comics in the last two and a half years. And I was you like, let me, show just, them. You show let them. me just stop playing around and go ahead and blaze this stage. And yeah. it's been great. Yeah. And that's something I've noticed um, in New York is you go to all these open mics, like you say, you're like 20th on the list and you're like, come on, man. And I joke about this all the time, but it, it was interesting to me because I was like, all right, when I got sober in 2018 and got back into comedy head first, I was like, I'm going to develop close to an hour. I'm going to get the podcast going and then I'll move. I'll have all this in my tool belt and then I'll go. And then I got to New York and everyone's like, oh, we don't we don't care. Like, we don't care at all at all. And so that was the biggest thing was at open mics and stuff. I hate doing old material like you material that i have in my actual road set right. i hate doing right. that at mics but you know you gotta you gotta show them something when you first gotta get there them, bro you gotta gotta got got so the first couple of mics i was just ripping <laughs> i was like here we go and people are like oh you've done this before and i'm like yeah i've yeah. been doing this for a little while i've been around the block for a little bit yeah but then like you said you you kind of once you once you can prove that like you I know what I'm doing and it doesn't even have to be awesome. As long as you look comfortable and right. you're comfortable in your, your set and your act, people will start to respect you. And I was telling my girlfriend that the other day, we've been here for six months and I was at a mic like yesterday. And a lot of the comics were like coming up and like, I sat down and then a lot of them were kind of coming up to me and talking to me. And I was like, okay, like this is the mutual respect that yeah. I missed the first yeah. six months I was here. Yeah. So, and for you in Dallas, you just start destroying, burning down the stages. And then okay. everyone's kind of like, all right, this guy. We, OK, that was an unknown face. Dog. It's so crazy how you go. Like, I don't know. I can't speak for what other art does it. Maybe poets and musicians. I don't know. But not not most people have to go at the beginning of them starting something as a new person in a new room and drive to a new town and do a new show at a new venue. Like you're, you're just that unknown face. So nobody's talking to you. Nobody's yep. saying hello. And then when you crush, you might get a few that day. Oh, my goodness. Yada, yada, yada. You crush again in a different venue. You crush at this bar. You crush in the, you know what I'm saying? And you'll look up like you've done. 
And now you have now beginning to start building that community, which to me is one of not only the most important, but one of the best things about being a stand-up is the community. I like going overseas, had I not had stand-up, I, we probably had one friend, one, oh, you know wow. what I'm saying? Like one real friend, but yeah. comedy with that group, that Kung Fu comedy crew, we immediately got immersed into their families and their girlfriends and their boyfriends. And it be, you look up and there's 20 people, right? You can hang with and build with and connect with who also know what you're going through, yeah. um, things of that nature. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, I talk about it all the time because whenever I go out and say, because people are like, oh, you're sober. How do you like go out to bars and stuff? And it's like, well, I'm not going out to hang out with friends. I'm going for work like it's comedy. Yeah. And then the, the more I talk about it to people, I'm like, well, I mean, I guess those are my those are my only friends are Bro. the comics. <laughs> Because there's a lot of times people like Savannah, good friend of the show, my beautiful girlfriend, sometimes her and I will get into like little fights and she'll be like, you go out all the time with your friends. And I'm like, that's work. And then I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess that is going out all the time with my friends because those are my (laughs) only friends. (laughs) It is. It is a cash 22 with that. That is for sure. I looked up. I was taking a friend inventory. My wife and I, we have different perspective on on what friendship should look like specifically. And um. And she was like, all right, well, tell me who your top five friends, which is a big question to me because I really take that word seriously. Yeah, me too. Um, and so like, like, who are my friends? Who would I go on a trip with? Like just to hang, you know, things of this nature. Who would I lend $20? Like, you know, I'm not lending $20 to anybody type of thing. And there were two names who weren't comics, but the next 10 were comics. Yeah, I'm like, in oh. the same boat. I've got two, two buddies from college that are like my brothers in arms. And then everyone else I can think of is comics. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it's interesting because I had Maddie Wiener on uh, her yeah. uh, Comedy Central five minute just came out. Mm-hmm. She she was in uh, North Carolina, then Chicago, then came to New York. And she said the same thing. She's and she put it in a great perspective. She said comedy is unique in the fact that it's an individualized thing. We're on mm-hmm. stage by ourselves, incredibly mm-hmm. vulnerable because you're alone. Mm-hmm. But the community around it is mm-hmm. insane. Like yeah. you can go to any town get onto their Facebook page because every town has one and be like, hey, I'm a comic from New York. I'm a comic from Atlanta. Where are the shows? You know, can I you know, can I can someone point me in the right direction for a place to crash? Like and it's so bizarre because it's one of the only art forms where you're totally alone, but you're surrounded by people at all times. It's it's one of the best things. If I'm if I go, if I'm anywhere, a wedding, you know what I'm saying? Any type of mixture. And you get a sniff that you somebody is a stand up like it's like I'm, I'm magnetic. It's happening. Oh, yeah. I had uh, we went to a wedding in Florida a few months ago. And obviously all of Savannah's friends know that I do stand up. And it was her friend that was getting married. We were sitting at the table just like hanging out like during the reception. Everyone's like, you're going to get up and do a toast. Right. And I was like, huh? They're like, you're going to get up five minutes. You got five minutes for the wedding. And I was like, absolutely not. No, but no it's like you said, when people find out, they're all like, what? I yeah. love doing it at my job because I work in a really nice restaurant in New York City in Manhattan. So it's so much mm. fun when people are like, oh, what'd you move to New York for? And I go stand up. They're like, what? Like, because in New York, comedy is like king. So they're like, oh, yeah. wait, like, like what? Like what Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and all those guys do? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess technically, yeah, it's the same thing, but it's definitely not the same thing. There's tears. There's tears yeah. to this. Uh, so I wanted to get into some of these stories that you sent me. Uh, now for the listeners, we talked about this earlier. You had mentioned it. you grew up kind of sheltered. So 
you were not never done drugs, not a big drinker. You said a novice drinker is the yeah, way man. you put it, which I, 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 I love that when phrase. I you, when I sent you that list, I looked at your description and then I sent my list. And I was like, this is not I don't know if this is what he wants on his podcast. I'm be honest with you. He wants somebody out here who's got stories about burning down a house, fisting a gal, and going to bed. And I'm just like, that's not that's not what I got, brother. No, but you've got a lot of good ones on here who, and I tell people this all the time, is that uh, the show is to encapsulate like the stories that if you were sitting down and having a drink, whether it be alcoholic or not. Sure. The stories that you would tell people. That's yeah. what that's what a drinking buddy really is. It's about that's the true. stories that's that true. you talk about. Sure. And so a lot of them like I've had comics on who are or artists in general who are on who are sober now. So they have these really intense, like crazy, like I stabbed a guy in Vegas just to watch him die kind of stories. But then I've also had other people on who like you are like, nah, I'm not really into that stuff, but it, they still have. Everyone always says like, oh, no, I don't have that many stories. And then I got your list and I was like, some of these are pretty intense stories. <laughs> like when I shared them, the memories were coming back and I was like, it definitely was intense in the moment. So, yeah, well, yeah. I, and that's the first one I want to get to, I think, is we're thinking about the same one, the show in China where you almost got jumped. Yeah. Tell that yeah. story, because this is interesting how it kind of escalated and then quickly deescalated. Yeah. So I I'm um, so I'm doing a show and one what, of the crazy things about I don't mean uh, to interrupt you, but just let everybody know is this when you first get there are you already headlining like what time of year is this like set the whole stage yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm probably i'm probably there now go close to a year so i'm okay. feeling situated i'm feeling comfortable there you know what i'm saying we've got a rhythm that's always got, when it happens that's, that's always, always when it happens. you're feeling good you're yeah. feeling good you they know smell and- it in the air <laughs> so i'm doing a show uh with the, with the crew at our usual venue like it's the same old same old clock in clock out and probably at this time, uh, I see it clearly here. There were two, there's a bunch of people there. It's packed out, sold out room, probably about a hundred people in the room. And I'm just, I'm not really, so I'm not really a, a crowd work dude. Like if, I, if you see me and I go into the crowd, it is very intentional. I know where I'm trying to go. I want yep. you to say one specific thing and I'm going to get out. That's how I like to live my I'm life. exact same way. I stay away from crowd work. <laughs> yep. Cause I don't know what you're going to say. Um, well, and, and I'm so, also not trying to make this an interactive show. This is no. my show. No, this is not a town hall. Um, and so I, I just make a comment, a polite, because I'm a good guy, I think. I make a kind comment about this dude's shoes. Like, they were dope shoes. Like, it, one of the dopest things about Shanghai was that, like, the fashion was hot. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I make a comment about his shoes. He says something. I say something. We keep moving. Show's gone. Show goes well. I go down the stairs. I'm feeling good, man. I'm about to get me a little, little, give me a little ginger ale. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling good out here. I go downstairs. I step outside uh, and just kind of chill. And then both of the guys walk out the show. I'm like, hey, appreciate y'all coming out, man. You know, I want to try to give you a compliment. <laughs> try to get that, get that post-show compliment. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> hey, appreciate y'all coming out. Oh, you did what? Oh, don't worry. Oh, nah, not me. Ah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> And I say, appreciate y'all coming out. And they just, they look at me and I'm just like, okay, maybe they're, maybe their English isn't as, as solid as I thought it was. So I, I don't think nothing about it. And then I kind of walk away and they follow me and I'm uh-huh. like, can I, can I help y'all? And we're, to be clear, it's like 11 o'clock. It's dark. We're on a like lit street, but directly to my left is an alley, like real Batman style. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like a dark alley. And they very gently 
like, and by gently, I mean aggressively in public. <laughs> like, kind of like, move me to the alley. And I'm like, okay. I've never been, I've never been in a fight. I'm getting my mind together. I've got my, my son and my wife over here overseas. We've got two friends. I'm like, what's happening? Like, what's going on here? And so I, real quick, this is yeah. something interesting that you said. You grew up in Louisiana, moved to Atlanta, went to school in Texas, but never been in a fight at this point. Never been in a fight, fam. Never okay. been. I've always been able to use my words to de-escalate yeah. situations. Um, oh, yeah. And so, and so anyway, we're there. And one homie just pumps, he gets right in my face, goes, you disrespected my friend. And I was like, what are you Uh-oh. talking about? His shoes. You made fun of his shoes. And I was like, I didn't make fun of his shoes. So I'm, I'm now, I'm not giving my sob story. I ain't make fun of his shoes. I like his shoes. You're backpedaling. Ah. <laughs> so, I said, I liked him. I said, I liked him. I swear. So I got my bag with me. They're like, give us your money. Give us your money. I'm like, I ain't got no money. Right? So they take my bag. They go through my bag. Nobody's around. It was a hundred people in this room. Nobody's walking by. Nothing. Nobody's ever around when you need them. <laughs> Never. And it's just us three. They take my bag. They go through my bag. They put my stuff on the ground. They rip it open. They don't have my wallet. Thankfully, I had left my wallet up in the back in the green room. Oh, and so so they don't have my. I was like, "Where's your money? Give us a car." You know what I'm saying? It was like trying to like just take anything. I like, ain't got nothing. And homie was about. I feel like it was a bigger dude. One dude was like kind of my height which isn't saying much. One dude was a little quite taller than me. And then I feel like he was like finish try, just trying to knock me out. And then I was like, wait, I can go get it. <laughs> like, I'm, just trying to think, I'm trying to think, how can I run? Like, they didn't look like they were the fastest guys. And I got my steel. I got my, my, I got my Shreveport speed. Don't get it twisted here. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the reason like, the SEC recruits out of the South. You know what I'm saying? Let them know. God dog. Uh, and so I, I, I'm trying to, I'm like, let me go get it. So I hit, I go, I kind of move out the way. They let me walk. I turn the corner. I turn the corner just when I'm about to turn on the jets. Homie pulls me, horse collar, NFL, illegal, pulls the collar back. Like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. And then right at that moment there, two girls walk by, right? Two girls walk by. I push, grab my bag, and I take off running. And they don't chase me here. But I promise you, looking at the big guy, he was about to mess me up. Like oh, wow. just straight up, like it's two on one. You got me cornered in this dark alley. Like I was going, I was going to, I was, it was going to be a long conversation with my wife when I got home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they, they didn't take any money, but it was definitely, it was probably the, if I'm being honest, I'm 35 right now. It was, it's probably the second most scared straight up being honest with you. I've ever been as an adult. Okay. What was the first, if you don't mind my asking. Oh, that was just seeing my wife have a baby in person. Oh, okay. that was just, when, you, when, you see, when you see a placenta for the first time, you're like, this is not. <laughs> what is this? What? I've seen the movie Alien. I know what's happening yeah, here. Yeah, no, this is not. This is in 4K. This is crazy. <laughs> this is live. Oh, man. So that's I find that fascinating that uh, they actually had the courtesy, though, to go through your bag. Because in New York, they just snatch it and run. That's true. That's true. They were like, we're not taking any extra weight. Yeah. (laughs) That's oh, man. That's see. And that's something that. That we know is doing as comedians doing comedy. That's something we're far from far too familiar with is that post show people get drunk in the show. Then they want to get a little aggressive. And we've I mean, we've seen it a million times. I had Marcus Crespo, hilarious uh, Florida comic on here a million times. And we talked about it where he was like, 
there are certain times because Marcus has that security background where someone will come up after the show. Yeah. And if they just get like you, I'm this is going to be the title of the episode. I love it G- by gently. I mean, aggressively in public where people will come up and do that. Like, you know, they're trying to be like cool with you, but they're being aggressive, yeah. Yeah. but it's in public. So it's toned down a little. Um, and Marcus will just be like, nope, get get out of here. Get out of yeah. here right now, because yeah. he's seen it so many times. Sure. And that's another good reason of me not drinking at all anymore and you not really drinking at all either is that's one thing I've noticed as a comedian is you get in a lot less sticky situations after shows, because yeah. if you don't, if you're not fucked up and your judgment isn't all skewed, you can, you can normally be like, all right, what's happening here. Yeah. What do I need to do to get out of this alive? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And shout out to Marcus. I, I, I uh, worked with him in uh Gregory's Gregory's comedy club. Okay. Um, I know Gregory's. Yeah. Um, but no, that is very true. You know what I mean? And I know you brought up earlier, like I'm, I'm a real novice, <clears throat> Just a side note, like, I don't know for other people, like, I'm intrigued just, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, how it started for you, but, like, coming from, from my background, you go from, like, not legally drinking, not legally drinking to, like, the world is your oyster, drink away, and then when you look at the prices, and then you waste money on drinks yeah. you don't know about, I'm like, I'm out, like, I'm, I don't, there's See, 400 that's smart. drinks back, there's 400 yeah. drinks behind this person at the bar, I don't know, I'm gonna go to what I do know, I'm a sweets connoisseur. I'm going to go over here to this little sweet section, get some cheesecake, a key lap pot, a lemon meringue. Hell and yeah. I'm doing my business. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm in that boat, too. I'm I'm going back home in a couple of weeks. And I was like, all right, I need to cut out sugar for two weeks before I go home. You know, I want to look good, you know, so the family doesn't yep. think I'm like something terrible is going on. And I'm the same way. I have such a sweet tooth that like oh. it's it's harder now that I'm almost four years sober. It's harder now for me to stop sweets than it is to not drink if that makes sense because i haven't had a drink in so long that it's actually become old hat but for me for sweets it's like i feel like i'm starting my recovery all over again when i try to quit sweets like i say i'm not going to do it and then i have a piece of cake and then i feel terrible about it and i'm like come on man i love sweets i'm in the same boat you are the thing with me was uh i have uh clinical depression and severe anxiety so the first time i ever got drunk drunk i was like all that went away and so I just self-medicated. That's all it was, was trying to get okay. rid of that. Yeah. So I'm always so envious. I mean, envious is the wrong word, but I always hold people in high regard that are just like, yeah, that was never an issue. Like I could, I know people who will like drink half a beer and then leave. And I'm like that, that's <laughs> to me, that's like the most gangster move you can do. Yeah, because yeah. It's like as soon as I would start drinking, I'm like Frank the Tank in old school. It's like once it yeah. hits your lips, it's so good. <laughs> and I'm real lightweight too, bro. Like I'll have... Like, I've got two drinks now that, like, I was like, I need a drink just so if I do want to have a drink, I can just say something. Yeah. So, I, very simple, very plain. I'm just a, I'm a real chill fella. It's Jack and Coke and a cranberry vodka. Nothing special, okay. nothing crazy. I can have a sip, but that's only one. If I have two, I'm not driving. Like, I, I am light. I yeah. have, I'll stand up and be like, all right, that's not, I need, okay. <laughs> I need, I need, I need something. to call somebody. Nah, bro. Nah. I just want to throw this out here. If you're a sweets guy, um, if you ever if, if throw maybe throw it in the mix, try it once. If you don't like it, I'll Venmo you the money for it. Uh, as for a, an old fashioned, it's a it's a bourbon drink, but it's simple syrup, orange, cherry. It's like oh. got a sweetness to it. It's it's good. I've heard about this. I've heard about it. I've, I've never <laughs> had it. Oh, I know that name. That's, that's one name. Old fashioned. 
right, yeah. I got a show tonight at the skull. I'm gonna have to check it out. Old fashioned. All right, yeah, try it out. Now I wanna because you said you've never done drugs, but you know people who have done drugs, and that's the story I wanted to talk about next. You was this in college? Uh no, that was that was on a road trip with some comics. Okay. Yeah. Tell everybody what happened. <laughs> so we're doing we're doing a run. Me, the great David Perdue, another great comic, Nathan Owens, and then our podcast producer, Dan Duncan. I'm using all their government names. And yeah. so shouts out. <laughs> so was this uh, at, when you were back in Atlanta after yeah, this everything? Is like 2016. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. 2016. We're doing a road trip. We're at a very nice Best Western. Um, I didn't know <laughs> the best, Best Western. Yeah, capital B. And so we got, so we got the two, we got uh, David and Nate, they're in one room, and then I'm in uh, a room with Dan. Now, I'm 5'5", five, five, Dan's about 5'5", five, five, and Nate and David, they're both at least six feet. So, you know, we just broke it up by size instead of race. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, so we're all chilling in a room together after the show, you know, just chilling. And then David comes in and he's like, yo, I got these gummies. Y'all want to try these gummies? Now, to be very clear, none of us, all four of us are very novice drug users at all. Like, I don't yeah. do them. And then the other of them, they don't, they don't really dibble and dabble as well. But they would probably be more open than me specifically. David pulls out. I'm going I'm to look you straight in the eyes. He pulls out four unwrapped, unpackaged, slightly lint-covered gummy bears. <laughs> What type of presentation and delivery is this? And he's like, yeah, I got these when I was in Denver last week. He's just holding them out in his hand like a little kid. In his palm, just loose fingers, just slippery fingers with these gummies. And I'm like, I don't don't want those gummies. He's like, yeah, I got these edibles from Denver. Excuse me. And so everybody except me, basically, is like, yeah, I'll try. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I don't care how much I like sweets. I'm not trying this. Nah, nah, nah. Um, the, the, you know, the two bigger fellas, they take the whole one. They're like, ah, Dan, you might want to take half, right? Dan, he's a petite fella. He's like, nah, we gangsters, right? <laughs> and he takes the whole gummy. Does your, does his weed tolerance know that he's a gangster? Because I right. don't think he I does. I don't think nothing in his system knew any type about tolerance. <laughs> so <laughs> about an hour later, they go to the room. It's about midnight. We go to sleep. <clears throat> At about 1.30 in the morning, the room is pitch black. We've been asleep for a while. At about 1.30 in the morning, all I hear, I see nothing because we're asleep. And it's 1.30 in the morning, it's pitch black. I just hear go, Damon, Damon, I think I'm about to die. What? I, I perk up. Uh, so I turn on the lamp. You've caught my attention. <laughs> I'm aroused. Dan sits is sitting on the edge of his bed, feet swinging, shirtless, looking through me. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, Dan, what's up? He's like, I don't, I I, I think it's the gummies. I think it's the gummies. I think I'm going to die. And now I'm upset. Like, I'm not even worried about my friend. I'm angry that I was sleeping well. They told you to take half the gummies. Man, you brought me into this predicament with you. Yeah, this is, we warned you about this. We warned you about this little petite man. And so he's like, I'm not feeling good. The room is spinning. I'm like, calm down. Now I got to put on my therapist hat. I'm yeah. like, all right, take some deep breaths, right? Because I teach. I know how this works. Oh, some- yeah, that's true. You have a background in this. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, take some deep breaths. You know what I'm saying? He's like, ah, don't tell my wife. I'm not worried about your wife. I'm worried about me. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Okay? He's like, can you rub my back? I'm like, rub what? your back? This is our first road trip. Settle down. Okay? 
But I, eventually I rub his back. Because I'm like, I'd rather Aww. rub your back than you die on me. That's for sure. Um, but I was nervous. I'm like, if you die on me, this is going to be looked as a, as a hate crime. I can't have my fingertips <laughs> on this white man's body. This will not be good in this best Western in Kentucky. Um, oh, no, not in Kentucky. <laughs> so anyway, we go through the methods. We stand up. We walk. And he's like shaking. I'm like, this man is about to die. And my, my half a thought was like, well, what's happening with my big fellows over here? Like, I'm I'm intrigued on if they're if they're breaking down over there, right? Yeah. So it about an hour. We're going through this for about an hour. He's shaking. I'm rubbing his back. He's upset. He's crying. Eventually, he falls back asleep. It was about five o'clock. We got to get up early to drive back. David and Nate, you know, so they come back into the room. Oh, we slept like babies. Wow. Babies, did you? Because <laughs> this man almost had a heart attack over here, and I had to be a psychologist. So that was my one time specifically where I've been really close up to edibles specifically around people, and I want none of it. I want nothing to do with it. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> not, as a, a, not as a, a, a viewer, not as a consumer. I don't yeah. want it. I have so many, not so many. I've got a few questions, though, because as someone who's been around drugs and went to rehab and then a halfway house and then detox in jail, I've, I've been up close and personal with all that stuff. A little bit. Uh, yeah, a lot of it. But for you, since you're not around any of that stuff, did you genuinely in your heart think he could die or were you like, Oh, he's overreacting. Or were you genuinely like, shit, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Did you honestly think that something terrible could happen? hundred percent, hundred percent. That is the closest I've ever been with someone to my recollection, right? In in kind of this chill, especially like not in a comedy environment. Like, all right, maybe somebody do something after the show, before the show, during the show. That's one thing. We're in a best Western out of state. Yeah. So I've never been in that context with it. So me being at two o'clock in the morning, 100% had no idea the side oh, effects. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, because if. If that were if if we were switched, I would have just looked over and been like, you said you were a gangster. Shut the hell up and go to bed <laughs> just because I know nothing's going to happen. But for yeah. you, you didn't know that. So, I, I, God, I couldn't imagine how terrifying that is. Like, my friend could die in his whole demeanor. Like, he's a very, like, upbeat, you know, what I'm saying kind of just fun, ghost. vibey guy, bro, ghost, pale. I, I know like, oh, exactly is- what you're talking about, like gone, fam. And I was like and I was so worried I was so worried that I couldn't leave him. Like I didn't go get the homies across the, like I was that worried where I didn't even go out the door, knock on the other door, wait and come back. Type yeah. Of Cause you didn't want to leave him. Yeah. Dang. Well, I want to take it back. Cause I, we've got time probably for two more. I want to, I want to get in the time machine and take it all the yeah. way back Let's do it. Uh, to the very first house party. See, you have so many stories that are applicable to the show. Okay. We're talking house parties. We're talking gummies. We're talking getting jumped. That's relate. That's relatable. Yeah. Uh, you said my first house party in middle school. Mm. So set this up. Whose house is it at? Are so we're in Louisiana. Obviously, I know it's, we're. Uh, so here's the thing. Not to interrupt here. No. So we're in, we're in Texas at this moment. My mom. I'm a. I'm the oldest of three boys, single mom. Okay. So we bounce back and forth between Texas. and I moved to 17 different apartments Holy until I graduated shit. high school. So just, just to be clear, in this point of the story, we're about a year and a half of staying in Texas. Okay. So, but same thing. Texas is still one of those areas where, yeah. what I mean by that is it's still one of those areas where, you know, Bible belty kind of like yeah, yeah. very much like yeah. this is what we do. 
mm-hmm. you know, we, we do these things, you know, you don't drink, you don't do drugs, you don't have premarital sex. Like it's, yeah. I mean, Texas, and Louisiana are similar in that sense, especially yeah, yeah, the country yeah. of Louisiana, like the, no. in the, in the sticks. Right. So you're in Texas and there's a party and it's middle school. So what's, yeah. how does this even happen? Yeah. So, so shout out to the schools. I, I don't know. Um, maybe it went down in Florida, but we had a eighth grade banquet, which was okay. at our, at our school in the cafetorium. Did you have, so there was a cafeteria, then it had the stage, maybe it had some carpeted stairs, whatever we have award ceremonies and presentations. So we called it our cafetorium. It was our okay. auditorium and cafeteria together. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so, so, so we're starting at the school. I got on my church shoes. I got on this nice shirt from Bulletin, Burlington Coat Factory. Yeah, I got my do. braids. I'm feeling good. The 90s are good to me, right? <laughs> or 2000, whatever. And so I hear, hey, yo, Marcus, Marcus has, is having a house party. Well, these words don't mean anything to me. I don't yeah. know what I do. You understand? I got to get home. I got to go to bed. I'm hey, the oldest of three boys. Yes, exactly. And so um, I was like, yeah, man, it's just down the street. You know, it's like five minute walk. 50 minutes later, we get, to this, <laughs> we get to this house and I'm upset. It's hot. I'm sweaty. I have no cell phone. I have not told my mother that I'm here. So I'm like, I'm not even in a good mood. Just You're this panicked, yeah. picture of me internally. Right. Yeah. I have went without my permission somewhere and I'm just already upset. We pull up, pull up. We walk up to the house. And this is my first house party, Brent. You can you remember you can hear the music from outside the house. Yeah, now it's a party. Oh, yeah, I hear the music. I hear the genuine. I hear the no limit. I hear it <laughs> coming through the house. And I'm like, yo, what is this? Right? So this is middle school. So it's not crazy, but for me, it's insane, right? Yeah. Context. I walk inside and it looks like uh, as Melanie said in the old bit, it was like dogs, uh, horses raising dogs. Like it is, it yeah. is. It, to me, it is it is crazy. The furniture's moved out the way. The lights are low. You know what I'm saying? It's like strobe lights. I'm like, where, where are your parents? What is yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? I walk in. The first thing I see is to my left, I see this girl giving this boy a lap dance. What? Brandon, my mind is blown. My mind, listen, I grew up as a youth usher in the youth choir. I, my mind is blown. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> Get just in public, baby. That looks like a private activity. This is public. <laughs> and so, and I know them, like, which is even weird. Like, I know you, you were in algebra two this morning. What is happening right now? And so that's happening. I'm like, I'm taken back. And then uh, I just kind of get on the wall and just kind of get out the way. Like, people are moving like this is what they do every weekend as a 13 year old. <laughs> And I'm like, bro, if it's not Doug, recess and pepper in in the morning, I'm not going anywhere. Fam. Right? Yeah, uh, I get I get wasted off of a ginger ale and a cosmic brownie. Like this is not my <laughs> lane. That's what I'm saying. So I'm chilling. And then I, a girl, you know, who I know, she's like, yo, you want to dance? Like she, no, she don't say it. She kind of like, come on. And so now I'm in the middle of this carpeted living room. Lights are low. Just gyrating and dry humping just good old-fashioned brennan dry humping just good old days just pound for pound nothing more is gonna come of this dry humping simpler <laughs> time. a simpler time man much simpler so- time dry humping was a much simpler time <laughs> so we're going right they've got um they got ignition remix playing like it's a moment it's a moment and 
things are getting intense. Things are things have heated up very quickly. All right, these these slacks were not prepared for this type of friction. Okay, so I am I am I am I'm bewildered. I'm like, how am I gonna see these people tomorrow? Like this is embarrassing. Yeah. And so she's pretty she's pretty invested. I'll just say that for the story. She's quite invested. I I'm sweating and I go outside and I'm like. Woo! Okay, this <laughs> I have to take. I have to take a breather, Brennan. I have to stop <laughs> and go outside and catch my breath. I wasn't. <laughs> That's fantastic. We were. We left a caf- a cafetorium with chili dogs to go to this middle school party, right? With these disco lights, uh, getting gyrated and dry humped on. It's a little different. A little different. Yeah, little different. I get. I get outside and I feel. I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable. I'm kind of like, oh, I don't. <clears throat> excuse me. Ooh, uh, not feeling the best. So I'm like, I got to get out of here. I go home. I get back. To, I get back on time to the middle school. Mom picks me up. Nothing. But I get home undressing. And I realize that our endeavors on the dance floor has now led to physical pain. Uh, oh, no. I, I don't know if they had WebMD back then. I asked Jeeves maybe in 97. But um it was a time where I was like, I think this is a, rug, I think this is a rug burn, a, a denim burn. Like I had, like I don't know if it was a rash or athlete's foot. I don't know, but what I do know is that like my penis was out of order. It was like not. You, oh my god, I'd be panicked that young. Uh, I, there's no like I'm there's no blood, but I feel like internally I'm dying. Like I yeah. am so all of the joy that I had times Gone. five painful. Yeah. On the flip side. And so I go to school the next day. I just got to go to school. It was a Thursday yeah. night. Got to go to school. Um, And I have to walk. Oh, here's the crit. So I don't know if I put this in email, but I have to go. I, I'm in such pain. I go commando. I don't know if you ever went commando in school. Ooh. I went commando. I got to whisper. I went commando in middle school. Ah, not Bold good. Not choice. good. Had to, had to dress out, Brennan. I had to go yep. into the bathroom. And with no underwear and change my clothes to dress out for gym with these Jersey 1995 Jersey shorts. Yeah, it was it was a terrible gym class. Forgot about gym class. So so that that was my first house party. I I had uh, the most fun, the most frustration and the most pain all in the same time frame. Boom. There you go. That's what a house party is. That's what it is. That's exactly what we're talking about, man. Uh, I wanted to get, because this will be the last story we do. We're coming up on the hour. I wanted to get, though, to this, because this really hit home for me as someone who's lost about 100 pounds in the last 10 years. You said that you had a little bit of a uh, chubby phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you got caught doing something. Uh, I, don't even wanna, I don't even need you to put that, like, in past tense, just to be honest. I appreciate you being kind. And saying, you, say, you said it. You said, like, those days are over. <laughs> well, we know you like your sweets. I like my sweets too. But this is something when you put this on here, I thought this was perfect. And this is how my brain works. But I was just like, oh, I understand exactly what this is like, not only from the perspective of what you, the story you're about to tell, but also from the perspective of like when I was drinking and partying and stuff where people would catch you and you're like, what? Huh? I'm not doing that. So for me, this hit on like three different levels. So yeah, tell everybody yeah, yeah. what happened. So we're so this is when so my wife and I we moved to Atlanta. Um and oh, this uh, is recent. <laughs> no, 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 this is the first move. This is post-college okay. move. This is okay. post-college move. Uh I'm in better shape now. We moved to Atlanta. Uh, uh, to be and, honest with you, I thought this story happened when you were like nine. 
Oh, oh, no, I'm an adult. I'm a grown man. <laughs> that makes it so much better. That makes it so much better. So I'm an adult. I've got a baby on the way. I've got a wife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we moved to Atlanta. We stayed with some friends, right, to get on our feet. Uh, this is yeah. t- 2010, give or take. And so <clears throat> out to college, we're staying with friends. And right now in this phase, like, things are bittersweet, right? I started stand-up. I've got a baby on the way. So I'm excited for new things, but I'm also very stressed, right? I'm the man of the house. I'm trying to provide, you know what I mean? And so so I'm really just kind of emotionally eating, just eating anything. Just I'm at McDonald's three days a week. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here. I'm living a good life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, loving, it. So, loving it. Loving it. Guaranteed. You know what it is. And so <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with bread houses. You're, you know bread houses? No. Bread houses, right? So you got Little Debbie, right? You got Hostess, you got Sarah Lee, all the big dogs, all of my favorite white women, right? So you got all of them. And basically it would be like a store where- I do know, I do know this. Yes, I do know this. Just all the snack cakes. It really should be shut down. It's just diabetes 101. And so I I get a bunch of them. It's like where all their overflow goes or something because it's so cheap too. It's like a dollar for like packs of snacks. It's like outlet store, right? It's crazy. Um. And so I hide them. This is this is my this is my sneaky phase. I had a box of Twinkies in our pantry. We're living with a couple. We're in Atlanta, pregnant, young, post college. We're living with some friends. They've got one son, and they're pregnant as well. All right, and it's husband and wife. So I come home from work, three thirty. We're in the house. It's quiet. That's silent. You can hear a pin drop. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna kick my feet up for a little bit. I don't know where everybody is, but I'm chilling. So I go. <laughs> I go into the pantry, pretty large kitchen. The pantry is right beside the fridge. So if you close the pantry door, you're directly in front of the fridge. I go in there. I'm feeling good. I got my shoes off. I put on a little music. I'm chilling, Brandon. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I go, I rip over. I'm hard day of work. I rip over a whole Twinkie. I put, I put, a, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not proud of this. I put a whole Twinkie in my mouth. I put a whole Twinkie in my mouth. Okay. I've done that. And before. then I rip open, Brennan, a second Twinkie. Yeah. That's that's too much, guys. Settle down, Damon. <laughs> I rip open a second Twinkie. Get some. Let's go. By the time I have not swallowed the first Twinkie. By the time Those two. I, I take a I take a bite of the second Twinkie. As you're chewing the first one. As I'm chewing the first Twinkie, I hear a door open. My mouth is full like a hippo on a Tuesday evening here. <laughs> I think I'm alone. I now have been caught with my pants down. I get in as a grown man who's about to be a father. I hide in the pantry. <laughs> I get in the pantry. I close the door, not thinking they might want to go to the pantry. And now I'm silent with my mouth stuffed with a twinkie and a half. Trying to chew holding my breath. <laughs> hold it. Yes. Trying to hold my breath and eat silently. And amazing uh, wife and woman, she comes in. What does she do? She opens the fridge. She's directly in front of me, directly in front of me looking for the fridge. What else does she do? She takes her time. She's not in a rush. She's moving stuff, putting stuff back, open the freezer, close the freezer, get the ice tray out. She's there for a minute, right? Easily. And I'm trying to not make sound to frighten her, to startle her, to cause her to go get the pistol and try to start shooting things up, right? Because like, who is this stranger in my house? She Hiding also in the pantry. Yeah, she exactly. She thinks she's home alone. And who is this stranger in my house? And so we only been we had only been living there for like 
a month. So we're friends, but we ain't hiding pantry surprise friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just in that moment, I feel the embarrassment in the, Damon, what are you doing? Like, I just I'm like, what? Like I'm hiding in a pantry. I didn't have the gall to just be like, hey, it's me. I'm in the pantry. I'm eating Twinkie in here. Just like, come on in. But I was so embarrassed and disgusted with myself at 21 with a Twinkie and a half in my mouth that I hid in a pantry like a seven-year-old on a seven- She never second. found you? No, she never found me. She oh, never found my me. goodness. She gets what she wants. She leaves. And then I finally come out. And then I go upstairs and I, and I weep. <laughs> Well, Damon, man, this was so much fun. Thank you again for coming on. Plug everything, podcast, social media, all of it. The album, let everybody know. Man, well, I definitely appreciate you, man. This was a lot of fun getting a chance to go through some memories, talking comedy. Uh, but yeah, get at me, man, on Instagram. That's where I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, Damon Jr. 2, D-A-M-O-N-J-R, the number two, Damon Jr. 2, dates, all that. You can find it over there. Uh, and then the album, it is out. If you're listening to this, it is out now on everything, everywhere, all the platforms from Helium Records. It is called I Know Who I Am. Um, oh. And I'm excited about it. Debut album, man. Thank you again so much for being here. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Of course, BrennanTComedy.com, BrennanTComedy on all social media. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash BrennanTassif, and we will talk to you all next week. Beautiful. Perfect, man. All right.